Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn in your Bibles and, uh, or tablets and or phones or whatever you're using. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. I just want to start here. Um, I want to talk a little bit tonight about kingdom realities. Um, you know, uh, the Bible has a lot to say about the kingdom of God, believe it or not. In fact, um, you know, as I was just kind of pouring over some of these things this weekend, um, you know, I was doing some research and, and the, the phrase, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, um, the kingdom of God, that, that's mentioned 66 times in the New Testament. And then the, the, the phrase, the kingdom of heaven, which is kind of an interchangeable uh, uh, type, of, type of phrase, is mentioned 31 times in, in the New Testament. So combined together, that's what? Um, uh, easy math here. Uh, that's 97 times. Thanks, Miss Lori. You know, the accountant. <laughs> Uh, 97 times, you know. So I think, I think there's something to be said about, about uh, uh, the kingdom of God and, and what, what, uh, what he has to say. He emphasizes it a lot in the New Testament. So, um, so I just want to talk about some kingdom realities tonight. Is that all right? Uh, turn over to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Uh, say amen if you're there. Um, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Uh, it says seek first. Notice it doesn't say uh, um, put this on, on, on your priority list. It doesn't say make sure this is part of your lifestyle. It doesn't say just uh, think about the kingdom of God or, or, or have it be something you do, do uh, on, on a regular basis. No, it says seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things, you know, we know further up and we know the scriptures. We won't, we won't take time to read it. But it says, you know, uh, uh, why do you worry? You know, why do you fret? Um, you know. Uh, for all these things the Gentiles seek. But if you'll seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So it's not just the kingdom of God. We also have to seek the, 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 our right standing with the Lord. We have to be fully engrossed, fully aware, fully uh, 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 saturated in our right standing with God. Aren't you glad you're right with God this, this evening? Come on, aren't you, aren't you glad you're right with God that you can come boldly into his presence without, without, without even doubting? You can come boldly before his presence because of the blood of Jesus, because of what he's done for you, because of everything that he is and everything he's done. We can come boldly into his presence, and, and, and that's, his, that's because he's made us righteous. Amen? So, um, you know, I was thinking about this just... You know, over in Luke chapter 10, verse 9, it says, heal the sick and say, the kingdom of God has come near you. You know, there, there's something about the kingdom of God that, that, that is, is laced throughout the gospels and, and in the epistles that, that God's not just wanting us to, to be born again and to, and to be, uh, 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 be Christians. He's actually wanting us to set up the kingdom down here on earth. Didn't Jesus pray over, in, and I believe it's uh, in, what is that, Matthew, I think it's earlier in Matthew chapter 6. It says, let's, let's turn back, yeah, here it is, Matthew uh, chapter 6, and in verse uh, 9 it says, it's, or let's go in verse 8, it says, uh, therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask them. In this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So, so even even the the model prayer or the 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 priority prayer list. There's something about having the kingdom of God come and invade this earth. Amen. And so, you know, I, as I was kind of meditating on some of these things, you know, the the kingdom must have a culture about it, right? I mean, the kingdom of heaven must have a culture about it. And I think that's, that's something that, that Pastor, Pastor has been, been ministering on over the last several months. He's been talking about the, a culture of authority. He's been talking about knowing our authority in Christ and knowing the authority that's in the name of Jesus. This morning he started talking about knowing what, it, what it's like to, be, to walk in health and to, and to have healing. You know, there's things that are, that, are, that are a culture in the kingdom of God that aren't the culture of this world. I said there's things that are culture in the kingdom of God that aren't culture in this world. Amen? 
And, and we have to make sure that, as, that, that knowing that we're in this world but we're not of this world, that we're not just participating with the culture or the, or the uh, environment or the atmosphere of this world and missing out on bringing the culture. See, we're not, we're not only supposed to experience the culture of heaven, we're also supposed to bring the culture of heaven to where we are. Hallelujah, because we're ambassadors. We're ambassadors of Christ. Amen. I was thinking about, you know, um, the, so- the South here. We're, we're, we're in the, if you're born and raised here, just lift your hand. If you're a transplant, lift your hand. Mark lifted his hand proudly. He's a Midwestern, Midwestern through and through, Brother Dan. A New Yorker. A Yankee, yeah. A New York Yankee. He's, he's a big Yankees fan. You know, but how many know there's some things in, in the Southern culture that are just part of culture? There are not things we have to think about. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. I remember uh, Rachel's family are a bunch of Yankees. And, and I remember the first time I, came, I had a family gathering and one of her aunts has said, you know, do you want some, uh, something? And I said, oh, yes, ma'am. And she's like, yes, ma'am. Don't you say yes, ma'am to me. I'm not an old lady. I'm like, What? I'm like, I'm not saying you're an old lady. I said, that's, that's just who I am. I say yes, ma'am. When a, when a lady talks to me, I say, yes, ma'am, you know, if you know, ma'am. And she's like, oh, okay, okay. So, so you know, we, we smoothed things out, and I didn't get in too much trouble. Uh, I made it clear that I wasn't uh, calling her an old lady or anything. Um, but in the South, that's just part of our culture. You know, it's part of our culture. There's going to be sweet tea on the, on the menu when, no matter what restaurant you go to. There's going to be sweet tea, and, and no matter what restaurant, it's probably going to have some form of fried chicken. You know what I'm saying? And now, they're, now they've, they've had Holy Ghost-inspired ideas where they're mixing, uh, you know, waffles and chicken, and, 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 uh, and, and the Holy Ghost is just moving in a mighty way, and he's bringing forth divine ideas where, where chicken can be used in new, fantastic ways with syrup and, and, and honey and and. Come on, hallelujah. In biscuits, you know, there's chicken in biscuits now. There's all kinds of ways to eat chicken in the South because it's, it's a mainstay, right? And, and there's just things like that. There's opening doors for, for, for ladies. Does that still happen sometimes? That's something that, that's just part of who I am. You know, if I see a lady, I, I open the door. I'll wait a few seconds for them to come because that's part of, that's part of the culture, it's part of what's ingrained. And if you take a trip, you know, to New York or to Chicago or to uh, some other place, you know, you, you see the culture uh, of that area. And people don't have to think about it. You know, you don't have to purposely think about it. Restaurants just know that sweet tea is going to be part of it. They just know fried chicken is going to be on the menu. It's not a big decision. Uh, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am isn't something I have to consciously think about. Uh, I have to, now with my kids, I have to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, ma'am. How many times I've said, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, you have to remind and ingrain some of those things. But, but, but once it's in you, it's just part of your culture. You don't even think about it, Correct. And that's, that's what I'm thinking, you know, in terms of, of, of what the kingdom of heaven is. There's a culture that, that, that is, is, is something that we need to begin to get so ingrained in us that we're not having to consciously think about it. It just becomes part of who we are. The culture of heaven becomes part of who we are. The, uh, the culture of walking in his blessing. A culture of walking in his health. A culture of being, being uh, bold to share the gospel. A culture uh, uh, of loving one another. A culture of, uh, see the Bible says that, that, that this, they would know you by the love for one another. That they would know you were the disciples because of your love for one another. There was such a culture that had been developed for a love for one another. That they were willing to sell off extra properties and bring it and trust the apostles that they would that they would divvy it up uh, the way that it saw fit because they had such a care and desire for one another to see them come through there was a culture that was beginning to affect their area because they were bringing heavenly culture down to earthly culture and how many you know when heaven invades earth it always wins when, when the supernatural hits the natural, something has to give. And the natural is always the thing that has to give when the true supernatural comes and invades, invades the natural. And so we're, we're to be ones that, that are not only enjoying and participating with it, but we're also creating an environment, glory to God, where, where people just know, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, but where people just know impact is a place where you can go get your healing. Impact is a place where, where if your baby's having issues, glory to God, you come on down to impact and, and 
and they'll stand with you. They'll agree with you. They'll contend with you, and they'll see your baby through to victory. Impact is a place that's known. If if you've got an issue in your body, come and and they they will stand with you, and you'll leave out of that situation healed or or, or different. It, it becomes an avenue, a place where where if you need to be restored, if you need to be refreshed, if you need to be lifted up, there's an atmosphere, there's a culture of where we are that causes people to to recognize. You know, I remember. Uh, I think about in the scriptures where they say those that have turned the, the world upside down have come here too. Come on, those that have turned the, the world upside down have come here too. There, there was a culture about the way that they, they carried themselves, the way that they moved. In him we live and move and have our being. Come on, if that is so true, if we in him were living and moving and having our being, then we would be, we'll be infecting the area in which we live. We would be a, a, a settlement, so to speak. If you know what I mean, a settlement where where people understand, man, God is doing something. God is moving. God is speaking. God is answering. God is is rescuing. And I think about, you know, you you go to different cities and, 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 and they have Chinatown. And you walk into Chinatown, and all of a sudden, man, you, you feel like you've stepped into a different, a different area. Or you go into Little Italy, and all of a sudden, it's, it's, there's, there's little Italian shops serving Italian food and Italian, you know, things. And, and, and I remember I was looking for something in Chinatown in New York uh, last year, and I was looking and, and going, and, and these shops, there was things in these shops that I've never even seen before. There was things being sold in the market that I've never eaten before and don't plan on eating Amen. It wasn't fried chicken and it wasn't sweet tea. Let's just say that. There were some things there because they, they, come, they came and they gathered in, in a part of the city and they brought their culture with them. Amen. They brought who they are with them. They're not trying to be Chinatown. They're not setting up meetings and saying, all right, let's, let's, let's make this more like China. Let's, no, that's not what they're doing. They're just being who they are. And as they're being who they are, it's infecting the culture in the city and the, where they live. And I just think, what if we began to realize who we are in Christ in a way that that's so fresh and so powerful that we begin to realize exactly who we are, that we're not, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. We've been bought with a price. We're no longer our own. It's no longer I that liveth, but Christ that lives in me. If we begin to realize and understand that in a fresh new way, an identity where we're not so, we're no longer identifying with this world and the world's way of doing things and valuing the world's way of seeing things. And we begin to value the way that the kingdom of God is values things. We begin to look at people through the lens of the way that the kingdom of God looks at people. We begin to participate with the, with the kingdom of God's uh, a system of doing things. If we begin to come in that fresh identity, how, how would it begin to affect even our, even our own town? Could you say, man, they got a, they, man, there's Christian town over there near, near impact, man. You can just see, you can just see there's something going on and, and maybe it begins to affect other Christians because we're just being who, we, who God's called us to be. And then all of a sudden it looks like high Springs is Christian town. What if, what if? What if some, some people began to rise up in their authority, began to rise up in their identity in Christ? They began to, to quit uh, 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 limiting themselves by the values and the, and the systems and, the, and, and the, the issues of this world, the issues of this natural realm, the limitations of, uh, of what, what man has set up, the limitations of, uh, of how, how man responds, the limitations of how man thinks, and began to think and respond and move and act on, an, on a higher level. Because we've been called to it. Hallelujah. We've been called to a higher place. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So we should be, we should look like settlers. Amen. Yes, amen. Come on there. Uh, um, Pops and Mimi, my mom and dad, they, they uh, went to uh, San Antonio. And right near San Antonio, there was a German town. And we got a little German blood in us, so, you know, that was kind of interesting. And, and they were serving sausages and, and all these things. In the middle of Texas, there, there's a German town. Why? Because they brought who they were to that area. Come on, what, what if we begin to bring, truly bring who we are to, to the world that we're living in? Amen. What if we begin to truly respond to, to the way God does things and we be, truly grab a hold of it? Amen. Let's turn over to um, it's, uh, Romans chapter 12. You can see I'm a little stirred about this. 
Am I talking slow enough to where you can understand what I'm saying? <laughs> Hallelujah. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be able to what? Prove. Say prove. Demonstrate. That to, uh, one translation says, demonstrate what is the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. Uh, um, it, in the Amplified, let me read this to you. It says, uh, do not be conformed to this age. Isn't that good? Amen. Don't be conformed to this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external and superficial customs. Come on, the, 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 this age and this world, they, they, they move and they, they carry themselves based on superficial customs. They're here one day and gone the next. They're, they're, they're not of etern eternal weight. The Bible says don't look at the things which are seen because the things which are seen are just temporary. They don't last. They don't have any weightiness. They don't have any lasting power. But keep your eyes looked on, uh, looking upon the things which are eternal because the things which are eternal they last amen They're, those are the things that have weightiness those are the things that really will bring life those are the things that will really cause you to stay stalwart and concrete amen whenever the storms come and the winds blow amen it's the things that are eternal if you'll get your feet set upon those you'll keep your eyes set on that man you're not worried about feelings you're not worried about whether it feels like it or or whether it seems like it or whether it looks like it because your eyes aren't focused on on the issues or on the things that, that, that look like this or that in the natural because your eyes are focused on the realm of the eternal. And you know in the eternal realm, there's things that can't be changed. Hallelujah. There's things that won't be moved. Glory to God. And you begin to see yourself planted by the waters. Glory to God. And when the drought comes, your leaves stay green. Come on, when the drought comes, glory to God, you're not moved. When the winds blow, you're not moved. Your roots are down deep in the things of God. Your roots are down deep in the plan of God. Your roots are down deep in the in the presence of God. Your roots are down deep in the word of God. And the, the things of this world can come and change and move and shift. Glory to God. But like a tree planted up by the water, I shall not be moved. Glory to God. That's who we are. That is who you've been called to be. You've not been called to be a fly by night. Move this way with every wind of doctrine and every fad and phase of this world and everything that the world is thinking and doing and saying and moving in. You've been called to be a light, to be one that is planted by the water whose leaves they look and see in drought they see there's green leaves on that tree over there there's green leaves on that tree over there I know that it's drought I can see that it's dried up in my life I can see that it's dried up in my family's life but there's something going on over there because there's leaves that are still green there's still fruit on the limbs glory to God and they take notice and they've got to come and check out where you're planted at and they see your identity is planted in Jesus. They see that your the way you move is planted in Jesus. They see the way that you think is planted in Jesus. They see the way that you worship is planted in Jesus. You didn't come to worship because you liked the song service. You didn't come to worship because you felt good. You didn't come to worship because everybody was, was moving and grooving. You came to worship because you are identified in Christ Jesus and because you know who he's made you to be. And you can't help but worship because there's a song on the inside there's a worship there's a tongue there's something coming up on the inside that's got to come out because you're no longer just moved by the things of the natural you don't care if it was a good week a bad week an ugly week or a wonderful week you came to worship anyway because he's worthy hallelujah we've been called We've been called, we've been purposed, we've been gifted, glory to God, with an opportunity to carry something that's far more than, than what has looked like the, uh, in the natural. We've got a treasure hidden in that earthly vessel. Woo! Hallelujah. That's good news for you, Brother Zach. Hallelujah. There's a treasure hidden in that earthen vessel. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God has come to, to dwell on the inside of you. Hallelujah. We're not waiting for the kingdom to come. The kingdom came and, and moved in on the inside of you. And, and just like, like you can't help but, be, but set up German-looking things in Germantown if you're German is the same way that you can't help but do God things in your, in your town because you're a God man. You're a God woman. You've been called. You've been anointed. You've been placed inside a family. And it's just your culture to be like Christ say it's my culture to be like Christ it's my culture to look like Christ 
It's my culture to move like Christ. It's my culture to speak like Christ. It's my culture to heal like Christ. It's my culture to look like Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? There's some things we can do to begin to participate with our culture. There's some things we can do to begin to participate with the, with the culture that has been imparted on the inside of us. See, I like the term culture because, because culture speaks of just who you are. You don't have to try to be who you are. You just are who you are. But many times we bought into things that we aren't really. And so we say, I'm just being who I am. But you're not being who you am. You're being some old dead thing that's been, been cut off and been buried. And if you would choose to be who you really are, look like Christ and begin to talk like Christ, begin to think like Christ, begin to speak like Christ, begin to carry yourself like Christ, then you would begin to see Christ's results and Christ's kingdom and Christ's culture invade whatever situation you're in. Hallelujah. Your marriage would start to look like a kingdom marriage. Your, your family would start to look like a kingdom family. Your, your body would start to look like a kingdom body. Glory to God. It would start to feel like a kingdom body. It would start to move like a kingdom body. Your finances would start to look like you're, 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 draw, you're hooked up to a kingdom that's not your own. Woo, I don't know how it's possible, but somehow there's just always more than enough at the end of the month. Glory to God. There's just somehow there's enough to give whenever I was thought that I'd, I'd give all this up. But somehow there's always just more than enough. How many can testify? How many can testify that's been the truth? Glory to God. I don't know how, but God has always provided. Glory to God. And I always have more than enough to give, to be a blessing. Because you've hooked up, you've hooked up to, a, to a kingdom culture. You've hooked up up to a kingdom that doesn't run that doesn't have a shortage <laughs> is there a is there a shortage in heaven no there's no shortage there's no shortage of finances there's no shortage of health there's no shortage of freedom. There's no shortage of deliverance. There's no shortage of anointing. There's no shortage of power. There's no shortage of glory. There's no shortage of presence. There's no shortage of encounters. There's no shortage of anything that your hearts desire. There's no shortage of anything that anyone else needs that you run into in your day, in your week, that, that heaven doesn't already have provided. Everything is yes and amen in Christ. He was the yes and the amen. He was the eternal and official yes and amen. And then like pastor's been preaching, then he sent us on a mission where, with his yes and amen, glory to God, to begin to invade the, the, the natural realm, to be, begin to invade the, the realm of our own, our own lives. And then as that spills over into our families, and then it spills over into our workplace, and then it spills over into, into our community, how big can it go? How much can we affect? Who all can we reach? Who all can we share this with? Glory to God, freely we have received, freely give the Bible. Bible says we've got something to give say I got something to give say I've got something to give see this in in, in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 it says it says um did we even read the whole thing no we didn't hallelujah somebody just interrupted uh it says, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. There is new, a new set of ideals, attitudes, and customs. There's a new set of ideals, ideas, customs in, in, in the kingdom of God. We've been brought into a new way of doing things. Uh, over, turn over to 2 Corinthians in chapter 5. We know this scripture very well. Verse 17. A great scripture. And it says, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
That's you, that's me, amen. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So so there's some some things that have passed away and there's some things that have become new, amen. There's some things that have passed away and there's some things that have become new. And now it says, verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation, amen. To the degree that we realize that there's things that have passed away and there's things that have become new is to the degree that we'll be able to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. To the degree we accept the new life and begin to participate in the new life and begin to walk in the new life and begin to drink in the new life and to begin to breathe the new life to the degree that we accept that as our new identity and our and our calling is to the degree that we'll be able to walk in the ministry of reconciliation. The more you begin to get baptized in who you are in Christ Jesus. The more you begin to to get saturated with who you are in Christ Jesus, the more the ministry of reconciliation will flow out of you as part of who you are. The more it'll come out of you as part of as part of just your culture, who you are, because you've been you've been getting yourself saturated into into everything that He's called you to be. To the degree we're able to accept the things that have become new. There are new things. There's there's a new way of seeing things. There's a new way of doing things. The old way of doing things doesn't work anymore. The old way was, was grind and, and pick up extra shifts and and, and 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 miss the things that God's called you to 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 earn extra money and to and to and to try to get the bills paid. The new way is 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 begin to put give what you don't think you have because God said He would reward it and He would repay it back. And you begin to give and to sow that. And it looks like uh, uh, the Bible says it's like this: There's one that scatters yet increases, but there's one that withholds more than is right, and then it leads to to life. The, the, the way of the kingdom is different than the way of this world. I've call, I call it this all the time. I say it's the upside down kingdom. And I remember one minister said until, until uh, uh, wet is no longer wet and b- the blue sky is no longer blue, you'll not understand what, God, what God's trying to do in the, in, in the kingdom of God. And what he was trimpl- simply trying to say is you've got to empty out the old way of doing things to understand God's new way of doing things. You can't hold on to the old and grab on to the new. You've got to let go of the old. You've got to repent, turn away from the old, and turn into the new. And when you begin to let go of the old and grab hold of the new, then you begin to see and experience everything that he's called you to do. Hallelujah. You begin to walk in it in a greater way. And I, and I love what Pastor said this morning. He said, he said you know, God, God is pleased when we're heading that direction. Oh, hallelujah. I, are you there yet, Brother Steve? I'm not there yet totally. Glory to God. I'm not there yet totally. But I'm heading in that direction. I'm not going to leave anything uh, 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 that Jesus has paid for. I'm not going to leave anything that God has given me. I'm not going to leave anything uh, uh, back. I'm going to go forward, press on toward the mark of the high calling of God. Come on, and when I take take leave of this earth, glory to God, I'm going to go having fought for everything that Jesus has paid for. Going after everything that he's paid for for me. Because it's worth it. Because it's good. Because it's not only for me, it's for, it's for the next generation coming after me. It's for those that I come in contact with. I've got to begin to step over and get the things that God has called me to be and who he's called, called you to be. You've got to go after it because there's lives that are depending on it. There's people that, that God has called for you to reach. There are people that God has called you to, 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 to go after. There are people that your life is going to come con- in contact with and, and you you have got to go after these things. This isn't something that's just a good idea. This isn't just something that that pastor's just been thinking up and, and is a good message that he's got off the internet somewhere. Glory to God. This is a deep thing that God is doing and working in him because he's, he, God is trying to shift us into a higher place. He's trying to shift us into, a, into more. And glory to God, sometimes it's not easy on the flesh, but I tell you, it's always worth it to go after the things that God has call, is calling you to. Because when you do, glory to God, you see the blessing that's in it. You see the refreshing that's in it. You see the freedom that's in it. Man, you think letting go of this is going gonna, is gonna to cause you pain. But as soon as you let that go, you find there's freedom. There's freedom. There's freedom and you can grab hold of something new. And there's such grace and glory in the thing that is new. Hallelujah. That you, never, you wish you would have never held on to that thing. And maybe it's a way of thinking. Maybe it's, it's, it's toying with, with depression. 
Maybe it's, I just, I just sense this in my heart. There's some people who, who, who haven't fully said no to, to depression and depressing thoughts because there's a familiarity to it. And there's a, there's a certain level of comfort because it's all you've ever known. It's all you've ever really experienced. And so you, you, you try to leave it, but you don't want to get too far, far away from it because it's your, that's where your comfort is. That's where you're, that's where you're, what you're used to. But the Spirit of God is saying tonight, if you will let that thing go and turn your back on it fully you'll see such freedom and such peace and such grace that you'll never turn your back to that thing again you'll never look at that thing again as something to be held on to the way that you're seeing it right now is like the children of Israel looking back at the at the chains and the slavery of Egypt and and saying at least we had we had had leeks to eat there but but God's trying to bring you into a promised land but you've got to let go of that thing and you've got to move over into into this and as you move and get further and further away from that, you'll see peace, freedom, and joy like you've never known before. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that. Let's just thank him for that. Father, we thank you for whoever that's for right now. We just thank you for grace to let go, to let go of the depression, to let go of the oppression. That's not a lifestyle that the believer's called to. That's not a lifestyle that the believer is made for. We're made for freedom in Christ Jesus. We're made for freedom in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you for that. Hallelujah. Galatians 2, 20, we won't read it. We won't read it for time. But it says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Not faith in yourself, not faith in your past, not faith in, in, in how good you've been, not faith in how much works you've, you've stored up, not faith in, in, in what your family heritage is, but faith in the Son of God who loved you and gave himself for you. Hallelujah. He loves you. He gave himself for you. He's equipped you. He's graced you. He's, he, he's called you. He's called you to be one that, that it represents him well. And you are able. So quit buying into the lie that you're not able. Quit buying into the lie it's for somebody else. Quit buying into the lie that you're not going to be able to walk it out because it's not your personality or because it's, it, it's, it's too difficult or it's too hard. Oh, don't look at yourself, but look at the Son of God. He is the author. He is the finisher of your faith. He's the one that got it started in you. He will be the one that brings it to completion. He's the one that works in you to both will and to do his will. And he loves you and he gave himself for you and he has called you for a purpose and he's called you for such a time as this. So don't say I won't make it. Don't say I can't do it. Don't say it's too difficult. Don't say it's too hard. But look forward and say I will accomplish all that God has called me to do. I will run out the vision. I will do what God has equipped me to do both in this church and where he's called me to work and where he's called me to be and in my family and I will fulfill the plan of God fully and I'll leave nothing behind because the spirit of God has called and equipped me to do so. Hallelujah. 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 God we thank you. We thank you you have called us. Hallelujah. You have equipped us. Praise God. Uh, If you're taking any kind of notes I don't know if you can or not but the, the second thing we've got to do is we've got to realize the old man is dead. The old man is dead. Romans chapter 6, you can turn over there with me. Hallelujah. Old things have passed away. Old things have passed away. Romans chapter 6, I'm just going to start in verse 1, and it says, What shall we say then? Shall, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How Shall we who, what, died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us who were baptized in Christ Jesus were baptized into his, what, death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in the newness of life. Amen. It says, for we have been united together in, his, in the likeness of his 
death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Verse 6, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. For he who has died to sin uh, has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we also shall live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more, death no longer has dominion over him. Uh, Skip down to verse 11. It says, likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Whoa, hallelujah. Reckon yourself to be dead. The Bible, I, I could go through some other scriptures, but 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 the Bible has a lot to say about us being dead to the old things, to be dead to the old ways. You know, uh, um, if you're dead, how many know a dead person doesn't have, have much to do? It doesn't have much to say. It doesn't have much uh, 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 participation in your life, right? If, a, if, you, if there's somebody dead, they, well, they shouldn't have much participation. If they do, you're, we come up here after service. We'll pray with you, deliver you from the occult, and, 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 and you'll be set free, and it'll be amazing if you're talking to dead people. But, but, uh, but on a normal circumstance, um, dead people don't have a lot to say, correct? They don't have a lot of, uh, of, of actual influence in your life. Now, there may be memories and, and precious things. You know, I'm not, not talking disparagingly of loved ones. You know, there, there might be precious memories and, and le- legacies of faith and things that, that, that still speak to you. But I'm talking about as far as an active day-to-day communication or participation or influence in your life, that a dead person doesn't have it, correct? Because, it, because they're dead, they're, they're no longer uh, animated with life. They no longer are, have the ability to speak. They no longer have the ability to influence. They no longer have the ability to have a say-so. Well, just think about this. If we actually believe the old man was dead, if we actually believed that the old man was dead and lost the ability to have influence, lost the ability to have a say-so, lost the ability to say, say, no, 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 don't do that, or, or yes, 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 do do this. If we, if we really believe what the Word of God says, see, that's what I'm talking about, is there's, a, there's something new that has happened, and, and, and we may have heard some of these scriptures a hundred times, but until it registers and begins to spark life and begins to, to break out like a, like a new light on the inside, side and when it begins to do that then we begin to realize that that the old man is dead and gone and 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 his way of doing things no longer is is effective no longer has a say so no longer belongs in the culture that you've been moved into Come on, the culture of the flesh is selfish. It's prideful. It wants its own way. It wars against what's good. It doesn't love. It doesn't see. It doesn't have peace. It's always fearful. It's always warring against the things that are for your good, right? The old man is dead and gone. What would it look like in your marriage if the old man was dead and gone? And you were alive to what's new wonder what conversations would cease to exist because selfishness was dead. I wonder what, what adjustments would be made because the old man's dead and gone and you're responding to who Jesus is in your marriage. Hallelujah. Man, it's got quiet in here. Everyone was shouting 30 seconds ago. I wonder what marriage would look like if we were alive to who he is and we were responding to the culture that's been birthed on the inside of us and we were selfless and we loved and we preferred and we honored the other higher than and esteemed them higher than ourselves and we and we and we didn't we didn't have to have it our way every other time and we didn't uh, uh, force the 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 way we want things to be done what if we what if we uh, uh, I'll talk to the husbands hallelujah somebody say amen what if what if we loved like the bible says and we we loved like Christ and laid our lives down for 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 our brides the way that Jesus has laid his life down for us what if, what if that was the what what if that kind of culture permeated our our, our marriage I, I bet I bet there wouldn't be arguments on whether we were going to give to this or give to that or or whether we were going to tithe or not or whether we were going to uh, uh, love one another or whether we were going to get up and and, and serve and and do the things that God's called us to do I bet there wouldn't be arguments or, or fighting because because well you're just taking too much time away to 
to spend with Jesus. I, I need you to know. Uh, I bet there wouldn't be arguments about, about you're, 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 you're not doing what I asked you to do. No, if, ever, if both were coming together with the culture that has been birthed on the inside of them, if both were coming together looking and intending and trying to be like Christ, endeavoring to be like Christ, how much, how much would that infect the, the, the family unit? How would that affect your kids? How would that affect those that come into your home? How would that affect those that you see on the job? Man, what is it about your marriage? Man, through good seasons and, and, and trying seasons, there's still fruit. There's still leaves. There's still green leaves. What is it about your marriage? Because we're not planted in one another. We're planted in Christ. And then we come together, both being in Christ, glory to God, and we have a, a culture of heaven in our homes. Hallelujah. I bet sickness wouldn't have an inroad near as much. Hallelujah. I bet sickness, I bet, I bet the enemy wouldn't have near, I bet depression wouldn't be. I bet, I bet uh, uh, frustration wouldn't, wouldn't be in the air anymore. Hallelujah. There, there is no arena that, that the, the, the plan of God and the purpose of God is not supposed to infiltrate. Man, it's supposed to look like Christian town at home. It's supposed to look like Christian town uh, out in the streets. It's supposed to look like Christian town in, in, these, in these walls. It's supposed to look like Christian town up here. It's supposed to look like Christian town out here. It's supposed to just be every single place. It's supposed to infect the love of God, the plan of God, the purpose of God, the joy of God, the freedom of God. It's supposed to infiltrate and affect every single area. So when people are coming near, they can see the shift in culture. When you're walking into Chinatown you can see the buildings begin to change you can see the shops begin to change there's no there's no banner that says this welcome to Chinatown no but you can begin to see the way things begin to change as you get closer and closer and the outskirts look a little bit more and a little bit more and then as you get fully in in that in that place in that in that community then all of a sudden it's like you stepped into another world well what if the the world could see us and as they got closer and closer to us they could see there's something different. Things are changing. The things are different than, than, than the way they are in my life. And then as they come on into the church, glory to God, then they just realize, man, this is, it's like I'm in another world. That's what it's supposed to be like. Like they're in another world. A world that's so much greater than what they've ever known. A world that, that's so much more pure than what they've ever tasted. A world that's saturated in the love of God. A world that's got miracles. A world that, got, that has, has power behind it. A world that has freedom in it. A world that has truly true relationship in it true intimacy in it these are the things the world craves and they don't have it but but we do i said we do amen we have to die to die to these things amen we have to die to the old man we have to die to sickness i said we have to die to sickness what shall we say then shall we continue in sickness that that healing may abound Certainly not. How shall we who died to sickness live any longer in it? Well, that's not what the scripture says. Well, is sickness a result of sin? Is pain a result of sin? Is disease a result of sin? Well, I, I don't know about you, but this says here that we've died to that stuff. What if we begin to believe that we're so dead to sin and so dead to sickness that it doesn't have a say. So let me read this in, in the Message Bible real quick. Sometimes the Message Bible hits it right on the head. Sometimes it's way off in left field. But, but in this one, it just, I love it. Uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 11. You can listen if you don't have mess, the message on your tablet. It says, from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. And you can, inter you can intertwine selfishness. You can intertwine rebellion. You can intertwine uh, or replace that word with sickness. You can replace that word with disease. You can replace that word with lack. Whatever, whatever result of sin that, that you need to die to. Does anybody have things they could die to? Me and one sister back here. Praise the Lord. Um, <laughs> it, says, uh, it says, from now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. 
Hallelujah. It says that means you must not give sin a vote in the way you conduct your lives. Don't even give it a vote. It says don't even give it the time of day. Oh, I like that. It's a little sass to it. I'm not even giving you the time of day. Sickness, I'm not even giving you the time of day. Selfishness, I'm not even giving you the time of day. Depression, I'm not even giving you the time of day. Don't you know that you have the right to say no to those types of things? Do you know that you have a right to say no to a dead man trying to rise up and run your life? Glory to God, you don't have to say yes to that. You don't owe it anything. It's a dead man. It's a dead way of doing things. It's a lost thing that doesn't doesn't have any bearing on your life. You have the right to say no. You have the right to say yes. You don't, you're not getting the time of day. You're not even getting in a, a little vote on how I'm going to conduct myself. I'm not even going to give you a vote on how I'm going to react to my boss at work. Ooh. The Bible says what benefit is you if you take your beatings when you've been misbehaving, if you take them kindly. It says, no, there's blessing on those who take, take their lumps when they don't deserve it. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, what if your pastor gets up and says you lost your job right before you preach? <laughs> I was holding that in the pocket. I was just, where can I, where can I fit this? Where can I fit this? <laughs> but what, if, what if your boss is having a bad day and he comes out in and reams you out for something you didn't even do? Anybody ever had that happen? Yeah. Well, my God, I'm not going to put up with that. Well, is that the way, is that the, way the, the kingdom of God in you is responding, or is that the old dead man trying to rise up? Is that the old dead man trying to have a say-so? Because I bet what would bring God on the scene is not responding to the flesh and to the old man, but bringing God on the scene would look like responding like Christ. Mm. Responding like What's responding like Christ? Responding like what the word says. We got to die to some of these things. Amen. And it says, um, uh, you are dead to, dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you don't give sin a vote in the way you conduct your life. But you don't even give it the time of day. Don't even, I like this, don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Well, I'm not going to spend much money. I just got a little quick errand over here to, to just a little, just a little few minutes at my husband or my wife, a little at my kids, a little at my boss, a little. I don't like the way they said that. I don't like how. Did you hear Pastor this morning? Did you hear what song Steve sung? I hate that. Did you see Sister Joan? She looked at me like. Right? Don't even run little. Well, I've done no, no. Then then I then I walked in love. You know, if somebody comes to you and say, you know, did you, did you see this, da, 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 but then I walked in love. If you got to say you walked in love, you didn't walk in love. <laughs> Can I just put that out there? If you got to say you walked in love, then you didn't walk in love. Come on, somebody. If you got to say I'm walking in that you're not walking in love. Hallelujah. Because walking in love looks like it's not even on your plate. Don't even run little errands that are connected. I believe this, that if you would begin to, lit, to, begin to, to respond to scriptures like this and begin to make it your lifestyle, you would see such peace and blessing begin to flood your life that it would be attractive. You would see such peace. There, there's, there's people that, that run through the same circle of issues time and time again. The same, it's the same issue of offense. I'm going to keep my eyes down. But same issue of offense, the same issue of frustration, the same issue of not liking this. And you get better and better and then you go back into it. And you get better and better and go back into it because you've not fully died to that thing, that thing of the flesh. And you just keep, you keep it around and you keep visiting it every, every so often. And so you keep going around the 
same circle, in the same circle, in the same circle, and there's no true freedom in it, and you've been doing it for years and years and years, if you will choose to leave that and to go on some of this and begin to say, God, I, I, I know I've not been doing it right, but I, from now on, this is going to be. The word of God is going to be what, what I live. I have died to the way of doing things. I have died. Maybe that's been your family's deal. Uh, you know, every family has, a, has some family deals. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a family deal. Family deals where, where there's ways that families have done things and it's just ingrained in you, you know. Uh, uh, my family, they just like to eat and, and, and we're not thin people. And that's, that's, a, that's a family deal that I got to press through, right? Whether everybody's got some family deals that they got to press through and, and, and God's good and he will help you press through them. But, but you've got to make a decision. I'm not just going to keep going around this mulberry bush. I'm not going to keep doing the same thing expecting a different result. You're miserable. I'm saying this by the Spirit of God. You're miserable half the time because you've chosen to keep that thing around. And if you will choose to die to it, you'll find misery just lifts. It's not even a war. It's just lifts because you choose to die. Somebody needs to die to an offense that they've held for far too long. And if you will choose to just die to that, I don't know who you are. Thank God he's not showing. Uh, but, but whoever you are, there's an offense. If you'll just choose to die to it and just choose. Man, you can choose. You can choose. You can choose to forgive. I remember I was I was I was uh, uh, going having a hard time forgiving somebody, and and I and I thought I had. I said, God, I've forgiven them. And He said, No, you haven't forgotten. And I said, Well, I don't talk to anybody about it. He said, No, but you haven't you haven't forgotten. And anytime they do this, this, or this, you bring up that old thing in your mind. And I said, Well, how can I just forget? He said, Aren't you made in my image? He said, I choose to forget your sins. You can choose by faith to forget those things, and they'll be wiped from your memory by faith. I just, I just right there in my bed said, oh, my, I didn't realize I had that kind of power. And I just said, in the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive and forget all that, and it will never come back up any other, any other interaction where I have with this person. And do you know it never has? It never did. It was just, man, there was such freedom. And I just was like, woo, hallelujah, the presence of God, just, just like fresh waters. And, it, you know, see, we can have fresh waters in like 60% areas, and, and, we, and we learn to survive on that. But there's some other areas God, fresh water needs to come up into. And if you'll remove those, those blockades from those wells, there will be fresh water that bubbles up, and you'll begin to taste and see God is good in another area. And there will be freedom and refreshing and peace and joy that comes up in areas that you didn't even know you had issues in. <laughs> Woo, praise God. Well, good. God is good, isn't he? I've been preaching for far too long, so um, let's stand. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.